Hi, everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And we are the Coffee and Capes podcast. We've got some uh, exciting news here. We've got, we've got some, some growth happening. We're like, we're becoming, we're trying to become kind of a legitimate podcast, as legitimate as it can be. John, tell the people where they can find us. Yeah, we've, we've expanded now. We went from posting the stuff on YouTube, and now we can be found on uh, Spotify podcast under Coffee and Capes. Remember, it's coffee and then uh, apostrophe and apostrophe capes, not coffee and capes. I don't know what you'll end up with there. And then also now we're on iTunes. So you can follow us on Ooh. iTunes, which is, which is pretty cool. And you can find us on Instagram under coffee and capes. Coffee underscore the letter N underscore capes. Please follow us. We only have one post on there. We promise we'll post more. Yay. That's so exciting. I guess if you're listening to this, you found us somehow, but we want yeah. you to find us at all the places. Yes. And please leave reviews. Yes. Oh, speaking of, if they want to, they want to send a, uh, somebody wants to send a, an episode idea or, or respond to something we say, John, how can they get a hold of us? Uh, you can email us at supers, S-U-P-E-R-S at coffeeandcapes.com. That is just so official. You're amazing. Yeah. Like, thanks for handling that. Yeah, yeah. And the website is not active yet, but the email is active. And that's what really matters. Um, and we are old guys. So, you know, we still do a lot of email. We still do a lot of email. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So feel free to email us and yeah. be, be old like us. Right. So, Dave, what coffee are you drinking this morning? I am still drinking the uh, Mother Nature uh, roast that we talked about last time. Yeah. Um, however, I'm, I'm enjoying it in my feed cup, which is a, a fun organization. Uh, somebody gave me this, gifted me this, uh, this mug a couple years ago. And it's one of those companies where every time you make a purchase, uh, a portion of, of, of that purchase goes, uh, gets donated. And in this case for feed, it's, um, goes toward providing meals for families that are experiencing food scarcity or hunger. Nice. That's for great. This mug, it says, according to the mug thing on the bottom that this mug uh provided four meals for for a family so that's cool yeah cool. and and you know foreshadowing someday talking capes hopes to have a similar idea in place something yeah but we'll we'll talk about that as time yeah yeah time it's, comes around it's, it's not today or tomorrow but <laughs> no <laughs> that's true but soon and forever yeah soon and forever that's an old 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 person reference okay how about you, John? What are you enjoying in your mug today? Uh, actually, uh, this is we got this one in the store. It's the Folgers 1805 uh, blend dark roast, which is something we we found. And I, I got to be honest, uh, not usually a Folgers kind of guy, but the 1805 is really good. I can't complain. And I mean, if you're looking for a really solid like coffee on a on, and you don't want to spend, you know, twenty dollars for a bag, um, this is a good one, and it's available in supermarkets everywhere. That's amazing. I would. Well, I don't know what I expected you to say, but Folgers was not it. I know, right? It wasn't yeah. wasn't what I expected to be saying either. And then, of course, I have my uh, coffee mate coffee cream in there, much to the chagrin of my my friend here, and then. Uh, Shout out again, 
those ladybird provisions who who make the coffee bombs that I put in here. There you go. Yeah. Look, I you know this is a non-judgmental podcast. If, <laughs> if you like to ruin your coffee with creamer, uh, yeah. you're perfectly free to do so, just as long as you don't expect me to do so as well. No, I would never do. So. Um, that's that's the thing, right? We have our own likes, we have our own dislikes, and then we don't push them on others. We just accept them for who they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 1805. So those beans have been sitting around since... Uh, since I have no idea. Like, I, like, I, like I, I don't know if that's a reference to the house where the coffee came from, like the address, yeah. the year. Uh, you know, I, I, I have no clue. Um, but it's good. It's not bad. It's a, here's a... Here's a deep, deep dive, but it reminds me of a one line from uh, Highlander, the original oh. movie from 86, right? Yes. They're doing the research on the guy. Apparently, this guy's been creeping around since the 1800s. Like, <laughs> those coffee beans have been creeping around since 1805. They've like, actually been, uh, yeah, they've been carried around in uh, in a knapsack by Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> since then, they were found when he, when he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So, our Impressive. episode today, Yes, let's let's dig in. Uh, we're going to talk about what if. That's yes. why we're calling this one. What if the discussion? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you haven't episodes. seen the latest bit, if you haven't gotten all the way through this first season of What If, pause us. We'll miss you, but it's important. Pause us. Go watch the watch the show, catch up, and then come back. We'll still be here when when we get back. Yes, yeah. If you if you pause us, we don't go away. Um, kind of like a rash, but it's uh, you know, it is important. We don't want to spoil things for people, and we uh, when we start talking about these kinds of things, we avidly talk about them, which means we end up talking about all of it. Right. So if you haven't seen it, like Dave said, pause, go watch it, come back, unpause, and enjoy the rest of the episode. So Dave, you watched it last night, yes? I did. I did. Yeah. So the series as a whole, we talked about this a little bit in our first episode, which if you missed, go back, check that out, you know. You got to get to the end. It's like the last maybe 10-ish minutes or whatever. Um, so feel free to check that out. But uh, as a whole, I really, really enjoyed what Marvel did with, with this series. It was, a, I think it was a lot of fun. They definitely had some fun with it. Um, playing with character expectations. Love that we got to hear many of the, of the actors who are, who are the who play these characters in the MCU? Um, that was, you know, just adds a layer of authenticity that that really, for me at least, kept me in the universe and really like this is it grounds the show in what we've come to know and expect from Marvel TV and and movies. Uh, all that was terrific. Um, Boy, Jeffrey Wright as the as the watcher, just so so good, um, and even and a couple of the voices that weren't the original actors did a pretty good job sounding like them. I think. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and so overall, I really enjoyed the series. I would say 
I thought that they didn't quite stick the landing. Like the last <laughs> episode was fine, but it didn't blow me away the way a couple others did. I'd say it was maybe at best the third best episode. Maybe. maybe what were your two? Four? What were your top two? Uh, I think the one before it, the, um, gosh, I don't even remember what it was called. Oh, what if Ultron won? Like, I think that mm-hmm. one, was, that was really, really well done with the, gosh, with the, the apocalyptic world that Hawkeye and, and Black Widow are in and, and, uh, the way Ultron eventually like finds and hunts down the watcher and just the way the watcher was freaking terrified of that and so thrown off. And then for me, still the top one is is the second one. That what if what if T'Challa became Star Lord? Like that's to me that's the that's the cream of the crop of this set of episodes. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that episode two, the what if T'Challa had had wound up leading the Guardians of the Galaxy, was easily the best episode out of all of them. Um, you know, I, I I agree with you that the episode before this one um, was phenomenal. You know, Ultron heading out through the multiverse, discovering the multiverse. I was a little bummed out. I I, I was a little bummed out because I thought the voice actor could have gotten a little closer to sounding like James Spader with his inflections and tonality um and even if he couldn't hit kind of the james spader voice at least a little bit more of like the james spader like timing in how he approached the conversation would have been great because james spader did such a phenomenal job and i'm a big james spader fan just in general if you've ever seen the show blacklist um it's available on netflix he's phenomenal in that he just does a really good job with like quirky but highly intelligent like thoughtful like he he can travel a gambit of emotions and he and his voice is very very particular very particular and so it threw me in that episode and um but I still enjoyed it you know the discovery of like you said the discovery of the watcher where he's suddenly aware of the watcher paying attention and kind of peeking at him and looking at him from like, you know, different locations. Yeah. In regards to this last episode, I actually really thought they did a nice job of bringing everything home, of of tying everything together through all the different episodes, like bringing each, you know, bringing a character from each episode into kind of that final one, connecting them all, seeing them all like kind of work together. And um, yeah, and just kind of, I didn't expect them to tie it all together like that. Right, I agree. I I didn't expect that either, but it still felt just a little forced to me. Like Watcher has access to a billion multiverses and he just so happens to uh to choose the like seven or eight heroes 
that we've had stories from so far? Like, well, we've had this. Okay, so we've had I this know, conversation before, and it's it's the, it's like the person going, "Well, space travel in Star Wars is totally unrealistic." Of course, it is. Right, it's right, a right. movie to effort yeah. the plot along, right? To get to where we're supposed to get to, you yeah. have to suspend a certain level of disbelief to go. Okay, cool. Like yeah. these were the options that they came across out of all the universes. Perfect. That was great. I mean, it, it would have been to me, I think it would have been a whole lot weirder if all of a sudden he would have pulled a totally different like set of characters yeah. for this, you know. And so Fair point. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. that it's that, and we do this in geek culture all the time. I think we're like the worst at it. Um, and and I'm preaching against it right now but i'm super guilty of it just like anybody else and that is the idea of uh well that doesn't make sense that's totally unreal like why does that that doesn't that's dumb right well, magic hammers that's totally okay totally legit yeah totally legit i go out and like hold my hammer up to the sky in the garage every now and then expecting lightning to hit because it's that realistic right yeah um yeah so i i think that you know yeah we all have that tendency within the culture and, and it's okay. Right? It's okay. But I, I thought they did a nice job. I can see it from a writer's perspective, I guess of, Oh, cool. Like nice job bringing. So from a writing perspective, mm -hmm. they found a way to link everything together in the end. And that's that's the ultimate goal, yeah. right? Is to is to try and bring everything together in a way that's cohesive and makes sense. My my favorite part of that final episode, there were a couple of things that I really liked. Like I enjoyed the the Captain Carter Black Widow friendship for sure. Um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about those characters in a bit, but. Uh, I loved that they got kind of like you, the voices of specific characters. Let's give a shout out to Chris Hemsworth again for comedic, like the Vegas <laughs> war cry <laughs> yeah. was amazing. And Ultron's response was so good. I've never heard that war cry before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so good. And he didn't let it go. Did you notice like, when he zapped him again, he yelled Vegas again. Like I don't just, think I did notice that. Yeah, go back, oh, watch God. it again. He, all right. like, he does it again, and all of a sudden he yelled Vegas. <laughs> it was again. It was great. That's pretty great. Um, just a, a word on the uh, the Ultron. So I looked it up. Uh, Ross Marquand is the the voice of Ultron, and when he, I think when he first appeared, like the first part of of the eighth episode or whatever when all from one episode if he i thought he was almost channeling james spader like for a moment he had moments where he was he had moments i'd agree with you on that and then it kind of came and went he lost it which you know as an actor that's got to be so hard like here take over this role and sound just like this other guy who has a very distinct distinct almost unique timing and and timber and all of that like here be this guy I'm like well it's kind of hard to do yeah and and who is the actor the voice actor again ross marquand 
Ross Marquand, if you ever come across this episode, we are not belittling your skill at all. I could not have done that any better. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Dave could have done it any better. No. Uh, so hats off to you. It was still super enjoyable character. Um, it, it you know, to be a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just, you know, to your point, James Spader is very particular, very, probably very difficult to channel. Unlike Ross, William Shatner. Ross you might have run into in places such as Invisible, uh, The Walking Dead, Robot Chicken, American Dad, Family Guy. Oh, wow. Uh, video games. Nice. Uh, yeah. So he's oh, got a history. He was the Red Skull in Endgame. Ooh. And okay. Infinity War. In that yeah. one, I thought he was Hugo Weaving yes. like, until yes. I found out he wasn't. So, yeah. like, well done there, man. Like, yeah. Great yeah, job. Yeah. Um, Thank you, IMDb, for that information. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to IMDb. Uh, I will say, though, and I, and I hadn't mentioned my, I think, my favorite part, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. His appearance. And I thought he did such a great job in the episode around Doctor Strange, mm -hmm. which was heart-wrenching. So bad. Yeah. Just, just. Not bad, bad as in, like, I didn't like it, but bad as in, yeah. Just, yeah, it was just soul-sucking. Yeah. Yes. Um, but to see, you know, they always like they always kind of hint at like Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme. He is, you know, the the hope, the all powerful, like the best of us all, as uh, as the Ancient One in in Strange puts it, right? He is the the best of us all, and to see him like essentially just power everybody up and hold Ultron at bay. Ultron with all the infinity stones, mm -hmm. right? Uh, was pretty great. Like that was, that was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed kind of seeing, I enjoy seeing characters hit. And we talked about like power level fluctuations. Yeah. But in this in this regard, I didn't think it was a an unexplained fluctuation. It made total sense because he had channeled all this like dark energy and absorbed all these things and destroyed an entire universe on his own. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, being given the responsibility and taking the responsibility kind of as his penance for all the damage and all the harm that he did in his own universe of watching over uh, Zola and Killmonger which the realization that he had at the end, this, I think this is what I really enjoyed about him in this show is the realization at the end when he goes, we were never meant to win. Yeah. Like just that aha moment of, oh, I get it. We were never meant to actually win this battle. This is what we were supposed to get to. And the realization that the watcher interfered to a degree mm -hmm. right but didn't like full-blown interfere but interfered interfered to a degree yeah recognizing the destruction that we have done and making penance for it mm -hmm. if only there were some real world <laughs> you know, uh, analogies for that let's give it up to marvel for like and, and comic books in general for really bringing some of those and attempting to bring those things i mean 
you can go all the way back so far, so far in the various like storylines. I mean, even, and I know there are people out there, you know, that say Superman's about truth to justice in the American way and, and all this jazz. But if you really take a look at it, Superman is an immigrant, uh-huh. right? right? He's yeah. a, an undocumented alien mm-hmm. on American soil yep. who became a champion of justice for a country that had they discovered who and what he was at a different age would have probably made him a pariah. Right. Written by, as I understand it, a couple of Jewish guys, probably around the time that good old U.S. of America was rejecting boatloads of Jewish folks trying to escape Nazi Germany. Yeah. And then we had Marvel created the X-Men right. in the 60s. Uh, well documented that that was, you know, an attempt to talk about diversity at a time when, you know, race was such, and still is, right? Yeah. We understand. Yeah. Uh, but was such a, a massive, massive hot button and issue. Uh, so uh, and strong, you know, there strong, almost obvious parallels. Again, also well-documented with Magneto as Malcolm X character and stuff, yeah. approach to things and Xavier as the Martin Luther King Jr. approach to things like how to, yeah. how to deal with civil rights from both those perspectives and i think the comics did as well or better than most of showing how each each approach has a has its merits yeah yep i would agree um so we're we're, we're on a tangent now yeah yeah but, but that's I, what what if does right it sends you right. on tangents yeah it sends you on want... i i do want to talk about because i like because you're a big fan of this character. So I'm really curious your feelings and take on like party Thor. Yeah. In what if. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I thought the, the Thor centric episode was, was a lot of fun and, and maybe the most fun the series had, like it was the only one that didn't tear your heart out basically. Right. Uh, I thought that one was really interesting as far as essentially saying Thor and Captain Marvel are equally powered. It just kept hitting each other across the dang planet. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. It was pretty great. Yeah. Um, and I'm here for any time Marvel will let Chris Hemsworth be funny because yes. as you said, he's so, so good at that. And I think you know what? I think that's a, a reasonable alternate history. You know, the, the sliding doors to reference another part of culture, I guess. Like if, if the do- that door slid, that character, as it's been set up in the Marvel Universe as a whole, easily could become Pratt Boy Thor. I mean, I, I think that's well keeping within that character. Yeah, and they set it up well, right? Because they the nice thing about what if is they set up each episode with a, this is the thing that changes everything here. And in that episode, it was, what if Odin doesn't take Loki and keep him? What if Odin takes Loki and gives him back to the Frost Giants? Which I I think people might've missed 
the greater ramification of that action is now there's no war that happens that Odin has a much softer approach by giving Loki back to the frost giants, to King uh, Laufey, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Giving him back his own son to raise has created a strong bond and relationship between two people that were going to battle. Like that we were used to seeing like fight to the death and go after each other over and over again. And that was brought even more to light when uh, Hardy Loki showed up and you know they're like my brother from another mother like literally they were they you know they had that strong relationship and that strong bond and uh you know so i like that was that was interesting to me is that that subtle kind of underpinning of like this one thing had so many different like ramifications yeah for sure um couple kind of random thoughts about that so Growing up with the frost giants meant that Loki grew up blue and big like the frost giants. I, that was interesting. Like, okay, I, I liked it. Like, I'm not not sure how that works, but that's pretty cool. Um, I wondered how does that version of Thor become worthy of Mulder? Mm. It's a good question, right? Because it didn't seem like it, you know, at first, certainly my caricature or my stereotype of a of party boy guy is that you are not worthy of right. just in general you know if you're a frat boy like partying all the time you're not worthy of Molnir. but in that universe what's it take like you know to something they said in the the finale about well these stones are different well maybe that Molnir is different and it takes it's a different right. metric to become worthy of that Molnir. And I'm not necessarily, it sounds like I'm saying, you know, it's lowered the bar and I, maybe I'm, maybe that is what I mean, but. I don't, I don't think so though. I think that if you go back to the first movie, the first Thor movie, Thor was that guy and had Mjolnir. It wasn't until he went and to pick a fight with the frost giants and Odin had to go in and fix everything that Odin grabbed the hammer and spoke the words yeah. like he so ever be worthy shall have the power of Thor and then chucked Mjolnir to, Miz- to Midgard. It wasn't until that actually happened. So if Odin gives Loki back, right? Yeah. And that fight never takes place and those two kingdoms are actually friends, there's never any need for Odin to take the hammer away from Thor. So Thor gets to continue to wield Mjolnir. The words have never been spoken, right? So he just gets to keep it. Um, as for the Loki thing, that begs the question, nature versus nurture. Yeah, right. Right, which is not a discussion we're going to get into right now. No. <laughs> but it's another example of how just some tiny little thing like that points at deeper conversations whether the writers mean to or not right i think there's a lot of intelligence in the writing rooms right i think there's a lot of psychology that exists there a lot of like history that gets studied i i'm i'm always really impressed with the writing that takes place and the depth of things that you can go into and maybe 
maybe just because of our our age, we read deeper into it than you know you're supposed to. But I don't I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think supposed to. I would I was with you until supposed to there. I think it's just like everything else in life, you know, as, as our life experiences change us, it changes how we react to things. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it is. You know, I, I'm going to, my 14 year, my, sorry, my 15 year old, almost 16 year old reacts very differently to it than I do. Um, and he should, (laughs) he should. And for sure, 16 year old me would, (laughs) wouldn't have seen all of the depth of this. Yeah, no, Uh, 16 year old me. And and honestly, like, I, I, you know, I think both of us have been collecting and reading comics since a a very young age. I didn't see any of that when I was younger. Yeah. Right. Um, I just saw like awesome superpowers (laughs) and super buff men and super buff women doing incredible things and fabulous art and engaging stories. And, you know, as we've, as we, get older and our experience in life like broadens our horizons um hopefully right hopefully you know we can see those subtle kind of underpinnings to things um so yeah i i I agree you wouldn't see it and i'm sure there's some really wise 16 year olds out there who see it that way and are you know good on them those will be the ones that you know hopefully grow up and change the world right Even make it a better change, place or write better stories write new and different stories yeah, write new us, and different stories that help us experience the world like that's yeah. that's something I'm um, um i will say my uh my 16 year old he his reaction was he thought and i thought this was kind of funny because it showed my ignorance he's like oh i thought they kind of nerfed ultron nerfed ultron huh <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell old unhip dad what that means. Oh, and they kind of powered him down. Oh, makes oh. sense. Okay, okay. I wish I had known that a couple weeks ago when we were doing the powered. Yeah, that would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They nerfed um, him. But I think, I mean, that's one way to see it. I think your take earlier about how he just met up against another, well, actually two uh, cosmic beings in in the Watcher and that version of Doctor Strange mm-hmm. that were just enough to hold him off yeah yeah it, it yeah they did a really nice job i i thought they they did a good job kind of wrapping everything and, and going through it and uh overall and we talked about this and i'm excited to get to kind of this point overall one of the things i was the most impressed with and i i know they they do a good job of this both in marvel and dc um and we're going to devote an entire episode to this well, one of the things that I really enjoyed seeing was the, the depth and presence of the strong uh, women presented in What If, right? Yeah. Um, and the development of that. I thought, you know, I thought it was in the last episode, I thought it was a, a really fun kind of clever move to show Captain Carter and Black Widow on the same mission, you know, that, that Rogers and Natasha were on. And uh, they didn't like, they didn't rob Captain Carter of any of the strength that Captain America had. 
Right. Like none. Yeah. You know, um, she's big, right? She's, she's big. She's strong. She's powerful. She's intelligent. She's a little cocky. Mm-hmm. She's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, they brought, I thought they brought widow forward in a number of different ways. Uh, her presence in the apocalyptic episode. Right. And, and I love that Jeremy Renner came on and, and voiced Hawkeye. Like, way to go, buddy. I, I'm really excited for that show. Oh, um, it's terrific. You know, so I thought, I thought that women got a night, like strong women got a nice representation in what if. For sure. And in, in the, uh, the penultimate episode, who's left? Everyone gets destroyed. Who's left? The two just normal human exceptional human characters but no superpowered characters mm-hmm. in black widow and hawkeye and then who's left of them black widow because mm-hmm. she's just that capable and has is just that uh strong and resourceful and determined like iron will to just keep yeah. going and then I did think it was a nice, a nice note to have her essentially be the one that defeats Ultron, that, that lands the that lands the the killing blow, as it were. Well, it's her and, and Captain Carter and Captain Carter together, right? Because because yeah. Captain Carter goes up around the back and grabs yeah. him and pulls his head back so that she can get the clear shot into his eye. Yeah. Um, and you know it was it was cool to see them bring Gamora in. Um, and we had, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Gamora had Thanos' sword. Yeah. Did I miss that? Did they, was she introduced in the earlier, in the, the Star Wars episode and I missed it? She was introduced that? at some point, I think, in that episode. Okay. Um, I mean, it bears going back and rewatching anyway, right? Yeah. It's such a great episode. Um, I feel like maybe she was just hinted at. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think you have to go back and like yeah. take a look, right, and and see. Um, but yeah, I, you know, they also like bringing in Captain Marvel into the Thor episode. And to your point, uh, showing she can go toe to toe with Thor, mm-hmm. and she's just that powerful. And I can't remember, but I was it was that Brie Larson that voiced her? It was not. No. Okay. It was not. I've made one of the things I've been doing each each time is. Uh, pausing when they get to the cast list just to check it out i mean i know i could as i did before i could just look it up on the right imdb but i don't know there's something about that i've enjoyed that little ritual of at the end of each episode looking at the voices and uh and and confirming who's who are the returners and who's kind of filling in um the the person taking on the black widow role has been lake bell who's an actor who's been in a lot of stuff but uh most recently that I know of as uh, the voice of Poison Ivy in the um, the Harley Quinn animated series. And she's just fantastic in that. That series, we have to, we'll have to talk about it. And we'll talk about like yeah. DC, I, I yeah. think at, at some point down the road, we'll also have to have like, a, you know, we'll focus some more on DC that's coming up. It's just, there's been a lot of Marvel stuff kind of on right. our mind. Right. Um, but I, I love that show. Yeah. The animated Harley Quinn show is 
I, I'm dying for a third season. It's so funny. It is hilarious. I mean, you know, you know, my wife, Rachel, like she loves that cartoon. You know, she likes cartoons in general, mostly anime stuff, but she loves yeah. that cartoon. And whenever we see it on, you know, it's on HBO Max, we come across yeah. it. She's like, oh, Harley Quinn. And we open it up I'm like, no, no third season yet. Like, oh, man, really? Yeah. Um, I, I do have to say Kate Bell, um, the first time Widow was introduced, kind of okay-ish by that last episode really really nice like job with coming across in a and and really kind of nailing the scarlett johansson like black widow voice and flexion thing i i there were moments i thought okay this could be scarlett johansson um in when she was talking and and this again that's a tough road to hoe right yeah how to sort of channel that person but also making your own and not just try to do a you know your version of that other character of that other actor like i think i think lake bell does a decent job there yeah um and whoever it was that uh did you say who it was that was playing captain marvel i did not because i don't remember mm-hmm. I will but i mean phenomenal job because i really like i have to say i really like brie larson as captain marvel yeah and I, I enjoy Captain Marvel as a character in general and how powerful she is, but how vulnerable she is, how human she is, despite the fact that she can go toe-to-toe with Hulk. She can go toe-to-toe with, you know, Thor. She can go toe-to-toe. She took out Thanos's ship. Yeah. As we are all aware of, you know, all the cannons start pointing at the sky what? and and start firing like crazy and all of a sudden this one blur just comes through and wipes that ship out yeah that probably is a subject for uh powered up part two sometime down the road is captain marvel a little op i don't know but but it's fun to watch on screen that's for sure yeah and in this uh in what if she is voiced by alexandra daniels well nice job alexandra daniels yeah um yeah i i you know, kind of going back to the to the strong women in, in What If. Um, I really enjoyed that they put them front and center in multiple episodes. Um, and it's something I enjoy about Marvel and DC and what they've done with the movies. DC did it sooner and faster than you know, Marvel did. Um, But that is just, you know, strong women represented. And I know that we've talked about this before too, and we'll just touch on it quickly. Uh, One of the things that geek culture likes to do is complain about, you know, representation in shows and in comics and things like that, that, you know, what was the most recent one? Like She-Hulk. Mm. There were comments complaining that, oh, now we're going to get a, a girl Hulk. Guys, you had a girl Hulk for a long time, yeah. right? Yeah. We're getting uh, 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 Riri Williams as Ironheart. So the 
young teen version of, of Iron Man, yeah. right? Iron Heart. That's going to be great. That? That's coming out. Yeah, nice. that's coming out. She's going to be introduced in the next uh, Black Panther movie in okay. Wakanda Forever. So it does appear too, like, you know, we're going to get Shuri and is yeah. hopefully, right, as the new Black Panther. Right. Yeah. Um, so really nice to see that happen. Yeah. And Okoye shows up in a, in a couple of, showed up in a photo yeah. two of What If here. Yeah. She's kicking tail like always. Yeah. The Dora Mirage. Mirage? Yeah. I can never yeah. pronounce it, right? Know, it's tough. Yeah. Um, it's a tough question. And Hope, uh, Hope Van, Van Dyne as yes. the, you know, I'm, I'm, she'll take the sacrifice role and, and, you know, go for the greater good, but be super amazing while she does it. And, uh, the Killmonger episode had, uh, had Shuri and uh, and Pepper, right? Oh right. yeah, yeah. Going after going after Killmonger. Wanda, how about Wanda being like zombie Wanda? Zombie, <laughs> zombie Wanda. Yes, it was fun too to see uh, <laughs> when Strange opens the portal and all the zombies just pile on top of Ultron. And, and somebody makes the comment, I can't remember who, like, that's not going to slow him down. And he's like, that's not why I did that. Yeah, I think Thor says, zombies, good idea. And, and Strange says something like, uh, it's not them, it's what comes with them. Yes, that was it. And then that you, was get it. The, you get the Wanda reveal. Yeah, and you get the Wanda reveal and she like hammers Ultron and then it doesn't kill him. And she gets that little like, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> like, Headcock yeah. thing that was going. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that was fun. That, that, you know, there were just some fun moments, I think, in the in the finale too. And then uh it was very heartwarming when he <laughs> first, nice little bit of humor when um Black Widow says, I'm not going through that door. Mm. Right. And is and is having her moment talking about how like he could have saved everything. And, and and the watcher goes <laughs> it was really more of a of a metaphor of a courtesy or something yeah, like yeah. that or a metaphor and then it all disappears yeah. and she's on uh she's on a helicarrier right yeah. yeah and they're fighting loki's army from the episode where she had died right where widow had died when loki's army showed up because they had killed thor um, remember she was she was oh, assassinated oh is that what that was mm -hmm. I missed that yeah so that was from the when Hawkeye kills Thor with the regular Earth Arrow episode well it was the remember it was uh, it was the uh, original Ant-Man that was like going in and, and murdering all those people and assassinating all those people Oh, okay. Right. And, but yeah, Thor gets. Oh, right, right, right. And Thor dies and then Loki comes in. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the uh, Yellow Jacket episode. Yeah. Yellow Jacket episode. And, yeah. uh, and, and Widow, Thor dies, Widow dies. Loki's army comes and then, okay. And Widow yeah. died in that one. Yeah. Cause everybody died, right? Yeah. Everybody died except for they, they, you know, Cap was, 
not out of the ice yet or something like that. And they hadn't pulled him. That's why we saw Cap yeah, okay. on the helicarrier fighting yeah. everybody. And then Fury's down and, and she pops up. He's like, you're not my Natasha. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, it was like, it's great. Like she got a home to go to. Yeah. You know, there was that little bit of like Disney happy ending. Right, right. Um, was that Captain Marvel in the sky over the helicarrier? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because remember at the end of that episode with Loki, uh, they go and get to get Captain America out of the ice. And it's, uh, it's Nick Fury and Captain Marvel. And he makes some comment about two captains. Hmm. Right? Believe so, me, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. I'm going to yes. that, Yeah. Uh, it was one of those that kind of... Because I remember they called her... They went to the beeper and called the ultimate thing for... That was the Thor episode, though, right? Yeah, they did that in the Thor episode, though, too. Okay. So they called her down a couple times in a couple different timelines. Um, which I think is one of those things that now in, in retrospect, like we probably need to pay attention to a little bit more because it could be saying something about her role in this next phase of Marvel movies. Mm. Cause it's gonna be a different team like they're going to have another Avengers, but it'll be a different team. We got Sam Wilson as Captain America. You still have Captain Marvel, but I think she's going to be expanded a, a bit. It sounds like um, there's a lot coming. Right. Yeah. There's a lot coming. Are we going to get to see like will Shang Chi be Shang Chi be part of that Avengers? But. Um, yeah, it was it was just nice to see so many strong women throughout What If constantly being brought to the fore. And right, playing. and used as as important parts of the plot and not just, you know, eye candy or sort of right. Isn't it we're just gonna drop this one in and make like it it just it was it's well integrated as it should be. Yes. And they were given the credit that they deserve. Those those women are are amazing. You know, as are women in general. Women in general are amazing. And, uh, but the depiction of those women was very strong. Um, and, you know, it, it is throughout comic, throughout comics and throughout kind of geek culture. There are a ton of strong women who have been around since the onset of this culture. Yeah. Um, because as I understand it, I think as we understand it, that's kind of the point of geek culture is for everybody to know they belong. Yes. Yep. That everybody has an opportunity to be a hero. You know, that everybody has it within them to elevate and be more. You know, and we, and we respect one another, no matter where you come from. <clears throat> and these so. stories can help us see that, I think. Yeah. Um, so next episode, we actually focus on this. Yeah. Right. We're going to, we're going to talk about, uh, in episode five, Wonder Women in comics. Right. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dave, I think we've covered what if. 
Okay. What do you think about what if? Remember, you can uh, you can email us at what's that email address uh, again, John? Supers at coffeeandcapes.com. Tell us what you think. Find us on uh, on Instagram, um, and you know, follow us here on on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And if you've got if you've got uh, suggestions for future episodes, things you'd like to hear discussed, um, you know, a question that you want answered or discussed uh, i don't know if we can answer questions we probably raise more than we answer but uh if you want to hear a topic covered if you think there's something uh worth discussing that you truly love about this culture let us know i like to say we could respond to questions i'm not going to promise to answer anything but i can respond go. to a question <laughs> yes yes we'll respond to questions but we can't answer <laughs> all right guys until next week Bye.